Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. And uh, we are just the curators. We are just the handlers. We are just the managers, if you will. We are the uh, Kim Cheese and the uh, Harvey Whipplemans, and the we, we just uh, we're, we're just doing the handling of the of the impact attack for you, the Kamalas. You are the, that is who you are. Uh, but uh, but who are we? Uh, that's the important question. Well, you should know by now, but just in case this is your first time listening, my name is Jamie Williams. The Vet. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vet. Vet, Vet, Vet. Rip, Rip, Rip Rogers guy. Also known as the Vet here at Hameen Media Group. And with me as always, my tag team partner, Brandon, tagging in. Brandon, what is going on this fine, wonderful evening? Not much, man. It's a wonderful Monday night. We are here chilling with the HMG faithful and talking about impact. It's going to be a great night. Whoop, whoop. That's right. And we've got some uh, HMG faithful here. Um, it's probably going to fill up as we go, but as of right now, we've got a handful uh, so, uh, who are we, who are we talking to here? Who's, who's impact attack is this? Let's see who we got chilling with us. We got lab rat retro rocket review, Liz Biff and Al Robinson. What is up? Hope you're having a great night. Thank you for stopping in. Whoop, whoop. The great Al Robinson. Yes. And, uh, retro rocket review says you're the managers. I want to speak with you in Chelsea Green's voice. Good old Chelsea Green, you know. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to see Brandon, but Tony Storm is now timeless, and she's doing this uh, gimmick where she is a—it's like a Hollywood starlet from about a hundred years ago, um, like that—that that kind of thing—and it's somewhat reminiscent of the hot mess laurel van ness in the sense that she was more of like a jilted bride you know but uh tony's now like one of those delusions she's basically the living embodiment of uh at the, at the ripe old age of 26 or whatever she is she she's she's the living embodiment of you know the memory remains by metallica so um <laughs> it's like like so, so she's doing this 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 gimmick, and uh, it's it's a little different. Have you had a chance to see it yet? I have seen parts of it, and I gotta say, I'm at least at least they're committing to the bit and sticking with it, and at least she is as well. Yeah, I got no problem with her uh, her execution of the gimmick. But again, the question I always ask is why. Why? Why are you doing this? There was no inciting incident. Exactly, there was no. Yes. She just showed up one day and decided she was going to do this. And uh, I, I guess, I mean, okay, it's making it work, but I don't know where the. You know, ultimately, 
I feel like that's a company that has a lot of ideas and the ideas only go as far as the initial pitch and there's really no plan and no legs for most of them. Yeah, kind of reminds me of a certain company that we review. Yeah, it does kind of sound like rather than, you know, a collaboration and a sharpening and molding of the idea and some is going to be great. It's more like, hey, it sounds great. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, there's that. And uh, <laughs> that's all the news that we have in professional wrestling. God it is such... A slow mm-hmm. week here, not only um, not only in terms of wrestling news, but in terms of uh, impact. I mean, it's another sort of treading water episode. So let me tell you, if ever you guys had any, you know, Reddit AMA questions for us, you know, that you want to try to tack on to the end of the review, and, and we could do a little. Q and A or, or anything like that. Today would be the day because this is not going to take us long to get through. Um. So, I guess without uh, you know, we we can uh, we could get into it in a minute if we have any other things that we want to discuss. Um, or if you have any questions now, I mean, go ahead throw those out there. But Brandon, is there any? sort of news items that you saw or or anything that's um interesting to talk about before we get started uh, i guess the only real major thing i noticed is that apparently endeavor at least according to pw insider has uh creatively christened triple h as the guy uh, the king the king of kings <laughs> I mean, as far as terms of creative, yes. Oh, yes. As far as creative, yes. Well, I mentioned this a little bit earlier today on the Monday Locker Room. If you didn't get a chance to hear that, I said you could almost make you can make a direct correlation on how involved Vince McMahon is with the day-to-day creative by how much gray is in Paul Heyman's hair. If Paul Heyman has a lot of gray in his hair, that means no Vince. If Paul Heyman has a jet black hair... Uh, it's all Vince. So he's going pretty gray. Um, you know, and then you've got things like Johnny Gargano coming back and all this other stuff that, you know, it's, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing those kind of, uh, influences, um, directing the shows now. Where's Killer Cross been? That I have no idea. I don't know if there was an injury or anything. But he could be coming. I think what I think what they're doing with Killer Cross, if I had to guess, based on nothing but intuition, I would say that they're trying to let people forget everything that they've seen lately. Because the last things that we've seen Killer Cross involved in is just randomly losing to AJ Styles on SmackDown. It, there's really no story or anything interesting. So I think they're trying to just let let people forget about that for a little bit and just bring him back in a meaningful way. As my guess, I don't know. Um, But, you know, 
that's kind of scarlet and the green-haired chick (laughs) that's shotzi she doesn't even get a name according to liz uh are doing a spooky series for wwe and i think he's been involved yeah they're they're all buddies and they do stuff um shotzi a big horror fan so she's just in heaven right now in the month of october um not only doing her own stuff but stuff for the channel um and uh so they're not fired I, I could say that. Yeah, and and to take them off to TV and bring them back around Halloween time would make the most amount of sense if if that is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. So, so yeah, I I, I wouldn't worry too much about Cross. Uh, do worry though, because even under Triple H, uh, it's not always been the most consistent as far as his presentation and everything. So. Um, but I know that that's a guy that they want big things for. My concern has always been not that he's able to, um, pull off the character side of things, but it's actually, this is one of those cases where you really, to, to fully get that kind of a character across, pun intended, um, if, if you're really trying to make that translate to the, to the live audience, your shit in the ring has got to be, um, sharper than what cross has been doing. Like it, it's, it's, it, it it's, is actually important in that case. It's gotta be less is more and that less has to look amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, you can't, you can't just be having a regular matches, uh and and just be kind of okay like everything you do has to look good and like you said it's if it's less is more than that you can't just be okay with the less you have to your shit has to look like it does kill somebody and his doesn't you know it's it's something i don't know um it's it's not just him in wwe i've seen him in everything i've seen him from from you know impact wrestling when he was there uh new japan uh gcw um whatever whatever else he's been involved with uh the lucha underground you know like his shit look for a guy named killer cross is supposed to be some sort of a psychopathic mixed martial art serial killer whatever he is his shit looks like kind of like c c minus wrestling is what it looks like so he's just got to tighten his shit up but there you go um i i that part you can do he so he's already got the character stuff and as long as they find a good presentation for him they'll be fine um uh what else what else uh so yeah so Triple H, you know, as long as he gets a chance to um like go forward with consistency on his on his booking and everything, that'll probably be best in the long run. Uh the problem is right now they've got a lot of um they've got a lot of makeup work to do because they've kind of marginalized and devalued all of their talent across the board. And they keep making these weird booking decisions. Like if it's triple H's booking decision to have Seth Rollins come out every week and say that he's got a broken back 
And then you have Shinsuke Nakamura, and he's had three tries at a guy with a broken back, and he can't win. Um, What's it say about Nakamura? Like, huh, I can't beat a guy with a broken back? Yes. What, who can you beat? <laughs> like, who? why would I expect you to ever win a match now uh, why, if you why can't do you beat have, a crippled yeah. guy? Yeah, why do you have a contract? Mm-hmm. So, and also, why are you letting Seth Rollins wrestle with a broken back or, you know, there's so many questions that you could ask about just that, just that program alone. You could ask so many questions about it. Um, and we've got to get away from things like that. I know what they think they're doing. What they think they're doing is they're saying, look how tough Seth Rollins is. You can't stop him even if he's got a broken back, but you do that at the expense of it's not everybody else that's going to face him from now on. And it's not grounded in the reality of the, of the false reality you're trying to build. Like it's right. completely unbelievable. Which if you rewind it back to the earlier false reality, um, last year you had Seth Rollins versus Cody in hell in a cell. And Cody had one arm because he tore his pec and he went through with that match and you had him beat Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins can't beat a one-armed guy, but he can beat Brock Lesnar in five minutes, but he can't beat a one-armed guy, and he can beat a guy that's fully healthy in a last-man-standing match with a broke back. You're not consistent with your, with your storytelling here. You, you killed Seth Rollins the moment he couldn't beat a one-armed man. And now you want us to believe he can overcome these challenges of the broken back. Get your shit together. It's it, we do remember, you know, and people these days have access to those things. It's not like the eighties where you can just say, ah, oh, no one will remember that. And they'll have no way to bring it back up to you. But now with social media, they'll just find it and rub it in your face and say, look at what you did here. And Hey, does everybody remember when this happened? And it's, it's a different time. You have to think that everybody remembers everything, even if they don't, you know, you got to be on top of your own creative, I think. Uh, so whether you have to hire continuity teams or whatever you have to do, and that and that's a worthwhile investment is have somebody that goes back and looks through all the content. Okay. Like, did this happen or just to like fact check or just like you said, the continuities expert. Yeah. Well, we already know that they hire all these people to make uh social media accounts to attack AEW. So, you know, just change their job description. Who knows? Um, Hate bots. Yes, that's right. Speaking of which, where's Hatebot? Get me Hatebot. Um, but anyway, so I don't know. With that being said, uh, I guess that's pretty much it, right? Uh, nothing else to talk about. Nerp. Okay. Well, actually, I do have one thing, right? I just remembered it right before, right when we get into this. So I was watching uh, the New Japan Destruction and Ryogoku show, and Just Five Guys recently had a member of their faction defect uh, to the House of Torture, and that left them as just four guys. But 
they they already have all the merch and stuff printed up as just five guys. So Taka Mishinoku is going to be in trouble if he was calling everybody just five guys. And now they're going to have to change the merch again. So they need to debut a new fifth member. And guys, who do you think that fifth member was? I'll give you a moment to answer as Brandon thinks it over. Need a hint? I, I don't know. He, he may he may have recently gotten a briefcase from a feast or fired match. Um that that we all speculated that this meant his return to New Japan. Uh, How about that? Yuyamura? Yes. Yuya Uemura has debuted as Yuya Uemura. With a Tom Brantley said Moose, yeah, I wish, <laughs> I fucking wish Moose debuted in New Japan as a one of the just five guys. Um, no, it's Yuya Uemura, Heat Storm, Yuya Uemura. I'm sorry. At some point, one of them has to come to the ring eating a burger and fries as a rib. They have to. Uh, it's so great. It, it's like. It's just, just, um, it's the perfect thing of like, it sounds that they have, they use an English name that just sounds cool to them because they don't know how silly it sounds to us. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like people, it's like white people getting the, like the, the kanji character tattoos or whatever that don't really know what they mean, but they like the, you know what I mean? It's like. And a Japanese person's probably like, well, I wouldn't get that tattooed on me, but okay. Same thing with them. Just five guys. If you say it in English, because it's in English. It's not like it's not like they translate the name to, you know, you know, however many I don't know how to say it. they have different ways of counting numbers. So but if you were just saying like if you were saying just translate, you know, uh just five guys, that's not what it is. The everything says just five guys in English, so it's great. When you put um, it that way, that makes way more sense. When I heard that name, I'm like, really? You you couldn't come up with something better? They're like, really? Yes, really. That's what they wanted, I guess. It, it's but not that, a very... Someone should have told them, hey, this is not really an intimidating sounding. But it is also kind of just uh, like the... The faction was put together out of people that were sort of like out of a faction. So it, they, they don't really have like a lot of consistency among the group. It really is kind of just five guys. So maybe that was yeah. part of the thinking. Right. Like if like the right kind of characters and the way they come together, a name like that could work and make sense. But like the story behind it and the characters have to make sense. Yeah. So, so I want to acknowledge Todd Brantley, you know, for <laughs> stopping in before he starts watching the Packers game as he says uh which is already going on I think but I appreciate you coming in uh yeah so yeah that's it um so Uemura is back he's re-debuted he's with just five guys he's just a guy um and he's so that means he's aligned himself with world you know their their champion still Sonata as of the moment so this is you know it's it's kind of funny to have your your top guy in the faction of just five oh you're just five guys well you are the champion but just you're just a guy 
<laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, so yeah. All right, halftime. Got it. Uh, well, right, they actually showed their entrance video when Sonata wrestled for them in that six man. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just five guys. It's uh that's Takamishinoku, um, Sonata, Doki, uh, Yuya now, and um, who's the other guy? Taichi. So they they're interesting interesting group of random individuals. But yeah. So there you go. That's our that's the impact connection right now. Um, and we'll transition right into this episode of Impact. Uh, unless is there a punching up Impact to go ready to go or? Uh, I apologize. This week has not been kind. It's been kind of uh, rough, so I have not been able to get to that. So I one hundred percent apologize to you guys. Uh, I will try my best to have a new one for next week. All right. Um, no problem. That just means that we can finish up even faster. Uh, but we'll look forward to that next week. And, uh, of course, I'm sure that whatever your uh, impact uh, punch-up is going to start with the ketchup packet. Um, just as this show did. <laughs> and... and uh, and we're also going to start with Tasha Steeles versus Killer Kelly. Um, you know, it's uh, a lot of a lot of green in this uh, gear for both ladies. Uh, they're wearing green, um, green and gold for Tasha, and green and whatever for Killer Kelly. Masha Slavich is out there dressed like she should be in a uh, like an eighties punk eighties punk video. Yeah, what was she doing? Like, she had glasses on? She looked like a nerd. I don't know. What was this? Did she walk around like this and just didn't... Like, eh, I'm just going out there like this. I know, it, look, it looked like something from like a Ramones or a, a Billy Idol video. It did. It did. And it, it like... Um, you know, this would have fit even better if she still had her hair and the... You know, the... <laughs> The fucking Gozer <laughs> flat top afro thing, but she's you know just it's just it's not so okay so she's out there um so yeah so uh, Masha's out there looking like somebody's mom trying too hard in the eighties and uh, Diana comes out during this match and just grabs the referee straight out of a like I think. Didn't uh, didn't Kelly have her in the the sleeper or something? And yeah, I think just she... grabs the grabs the leg. It's the giant lady ref, and Dion just runs out, grabs her leg, and just pulls her. You yanks right out of the ring. Amazing. Um. So then after that, uh, uh, Diana and Masha are bickering on the floor, um, and then uh, during this distraction, Tasha hits a blackout. One, two, three, um, over Killer Kelly. So, there you go. What did you think of this opening contest? Uh, the part where uh, Tasha did the baseball slide and hit Masha, I thought that 
from a character perspective, that should have led should have immediately went to a DQ finish with Masha just going ape shit all over uh, Tasha because she shouldn't let that slide. She shouldn't uh, take a baseball <laughs> slide. Or and... No pun intended. <laughs> Didn't let pun the intended. baseball slide slide. <laughs> like if if some if she got hit with that on the outside, she would attack the person who did it to her. She wouldn't start yelling at her with the ref getting in between them. Good point. Good point. And it seems like the tag, the knockouts tag division kind of has a formula of you have champions and then two singles women get together and they form a team, take it off of them, and then they lose to an actual team that you're building up, swap it to them, and rinse repeat. They like to have the announcer say, one, of, one half of the tag team champions was just pinned. Great. Um, so, yeah. Todd thinks Kill Kelly is hot AF, but she looked different. Not bad, but just different. So she's not going to be your new number one, Todd, is what you're saying? Not, not, uh, she's too different to be number one. Um, we gotta, we gotta find Todd Brantley a new number one. That's the, that's the gimmick. Uh... All right, well, I don't know if it's going to be either of these ladies because on BTI, Savannah Evans finally gets a win uh, as she goes over on Jessica. Um, and then following this, that gives uh, John Schuyler the idea that he could ask Savannah Evans to be his partner uh, to fill in for Jason Hotch, who's at home with a kid. Like, that's some excuse to miss a wrestling show. Uh, and, um, you know, then they're like, you know, we know you, uh, we know you've been going around asking everybody, uh, to be your partner on social media and everything, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, but you're the first girl I've asked. And then Giselle's like, uh, whatever that means. But anyway, she volunteers Jay Vidal, uh, as a punishment for whatever he did wrong. I forgot. Um, I already forgot uh, to be the partner. So now it's going to be Jay and John uh, teaming together uh, later. So there you go. What'd you think of this? I mean, it was all right. Uh, I mean, I think they, they just, I, it's just too little too late with Evans with trying to build her up to like a monster. Plus with Jessica, who's been shown to be kind of a, a softy at this point, but it's just still a monster softy. Great big softy. And when was the last time we saw the Death Dolls on Impact? Mm. I think like the last time I can remember is like when they had that uh, one scene back out, outside with Santino, and they did their huddle, and then Santino joins the huddle. That's right. I, if that was the last time, that was quite some time ago. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But in fairness to me and uh, my memory, um, it's not good. So, you know, can't just go by me. Mm. All right. 
Todd has to leave us now. We've got a riveting game here. Uh, we appreciate him stopping by. Uh, so, speaking of riveting, Jonathan Gresham is with Gia and no music underneath. He is... She asked him about what he did last week, which was pulling the trunks, which goes against everything he said that he's supposed to be doing. And he says, exactly. Uh, I'm trying to prove the competent incompetence of the officiating here and impact. And so I'm bringing that to light. And, um, then Bailey comes in and says, Hey, what's up with that? You know, basically. And then, uh, Jonathan Gresham just looks at him and he leaves. So no answers for Bailey, but, uh, that's probably because he just fucking answered the question right before you walked in. <laughs> So later on, when Mike Bailey watches this episode of Impact or whatever, he's gonna be like, "Oh, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have bothered. I tried to make him repeat himself." So he'll feel stupid. But um, but yeah, this is exactly you know this 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 is the logical thing that makes sense. Uh, if there's any story intriguing, uh, you know, story threads in the company right now. This is really the only one I'm interested in. Like everything else kind of sucks. So, um, and this isn't even that amazing, but it's just like when, when you do anything that makes any sort of sense or actually fits your character and impact, it sort of, sort of makes my, you know, it's like grabs my attention. I'm like a dog that just heard something like, Hmm, Hmm, you know? And both guys involved have the right level of just sarcasm, too. Right. Like John way- Gresham looks incredibly jacked, and I like the seriousness with which he's approaching this. Um, I'm still worried about his heart, but, uh, you know, I, li- I like the angle. Sorry, what were you saying? I like I the way, uh, what was it, uh, Gresham was just like, uh, I guess, uh, or the way he came up with the excuse of, Oh, I was just kind of, or the way he explained it was kind of like, oh, I was just trying to show you, like, oh, these refs don't know what they're doing. They're incompetent. It's like, come on, man. Come on, man. What? You don't believe him? And then, uh, (laughs) and then when Bailey showed up, he just laid it on even thicker. Or didn't. He just left. (laughs) He just walked (laughs) off. Uh, I'll tell you. I mean, I mean, I mean, Bailey's sarcasm. Oh, Bailey. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. Bailey. Um, well, it's hard to tell with Bailey because he's, <laughs> he's such a, he's so, uh, he's so innocent and naive sounding, you know? So it's weird, but I, anyway, I like their characters. Um, so I'm only really intrigued with that and nothing else here. Uh, especially this next thing. So Tommy dreamer comes out. And he calls out Crazy Steve, and then he does that thing again where he tells stories about real things that happened, and then Steve cries uh, because he's being nice to Steve and saying all these things about Steve and telling the people about Steve, and Steve's out there with his fucking face paint half on and uh, his little uh, suit top with ripped jeans and his briefcase got to have the briefcase right you got to carry that thing around now it's money in the bank for you uh so 
you know, he's he's sitting there and Tommy Dreamer's talking about teaching him how to drive and he's crying and all this other stuff. And Tommy's saying, you don't need the, all you had to do is ask if you want a digital media championship shot, which is like, well, yeah, Tommy, he could have asked you, but he did win a match. So he's, you know, he's just, he's just has it, you know, like, what are you saying? Are you saying he gets a bonus shot? Like, like he could ask and then it won't count. Like, I don't know what your, what is your point? Anyway, so all this stuff, and then Steve's like, you know, bring it in, and, you know, then he stabs Tommy Dreamer with a fork in the back. And uh, so, something that Tommy clearly had padded under his jacket. Mm-hmm. And what a fork, too. Like, I don't know about you, but, like, most of the forks, you know, that I use, like, even though they appear sharp, the ends are kind of blunted. You know, it's not really like something that could stab through a jacket and a thing that it's supposed to stick in through the jacket. If not, usually the forks, yeah. can you imagine poking yourself in the tongue with something that was that sharp that could do that? You probably don't want to do it, which is why they make forks like that. <laughs> so Steve has a custom fork that he just carries, I guess. That can cut through a jacket and human skin and stand on its own. Right. Tommy's like wearing one of those was this looks like a military surplus jacket. He looked like the sheriff of a small town was going to pull him over and take him to jail like for vagrancy and then he was going to have to fight his way out of the police station and then hide in the forest and set traps for the police officers and blow up a gas station and all this other stuff. And Steve just stabbed him through that with a fork. That's so. one that's one strong fork fork that um i'm not i'm not getting in there with steve <laughs> tom Dreamer should be like you know what i take back everything i said this man stabbed me in the kidney with a fork and i don't want to face him anymore so you know i relinquish my digital media championship this doesn't count as a retirement though i'm not doing the mickey james thing i just i, I i'm just uh not gonna wrestle steve because it's not gonna be wrestling it's gonna be some you know it's gonna be a dot combat match like that's that's how it's gonna that's what we're gonna do with all tommy dreamer talking about crazy steve and his you know their real life mothers dying and all this other stuff and all this sad sob story and all this inspirational how he's blind and he can't see but he's a great wrestler and he can do all these things and they're just gonna turn this into a joke hardcore match that's why i hate tommy dreamer <laughs> It's not, it's That's, not even, you know, it, it's hate is even too strong a word. I, I'm completely apathetic towards everything Tommy Dreamer does. I want to respect the veterans. I want to say nice things about people that have been in the business and sacrificed so much for the business. And like, I really want to put over those type of people that care, you know, so much like Tommy Dreamer. And then everything they do just makes me want to vomit. It, I, I can't, I'm like, you're embarrassing, you're embarrassing this program, you're embarrassing yourself, you're embarrassing whoever you're working with, uh, I, I, uh, Retro Rock Review just hit a bingo. The fork stabbing should have been charged with attempted murder, where are the police? Well, well, we did get, actually, we did get security 
that surrounded the ring. They didn't get in the ring, uh, but maybe because they were scared of how sharp that fork was, which is understandable. And they they're out there saying, you know, that's enough. You know, they're doing. There's what is a what does Stevie Richards call it? Pre tapees. He's like, stop. What are you doing? Stop that. Hey, what are you doing? Enough. What are you doing? <laughs> they ask you what you're doing a lot. Um, when you're doing stuff, that's very clear what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, they ask you what you're doing. Um, so I remember yeah, the, refs, the security came out, surrounded the ring and asked Steve what he was doing. I remember back in the day when the security and the refs would actually try to get in there and actually get physically involved. And then the guy would throw them off and then hit the thing, whatever it is they're going to do, which made it look even more impressive. Yeah. I mean, look, security is a bunch of fucking indie workers. So, you know, use them, let them take bumps. I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous, but, but whatever. Um, yeah. So I guess that could be attempted murder. I, suppose that you know certainly you could under the parameters that are now set like if we just if we just translate this to backstage at AEW right Time. if uh if 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 CM Punk had told Jack Perry you know what man let's not fight bring it in <laughs> and then you know stabs him with a fork what do you think would have happened to CM Punk fired right so I guess we got to kind of got to fire Steve now. Probably some criminal charges too. Yeah. But no. Tommy Dreamer's well, a nice guy. He's not going to press charges. I know Tommy's not, but the company could still press charges. The fans could press charges. I mean, come on. They felt they probably feared for their lives in that moment. <laughs> there was a deadly fork in the room. You know, that could have come flying at any of them in any moment i wouldn't feel comfortable going to an impact show or god forbid taking my kid to an impact show where there's a fork that sharp in the arena so yeah i'm thinking yeah oh god oh stop it i fear for my life just now and if you don't know what i'm talking about you got to be right here live with us on youtube or you got to watch channelattitude.com video replay uh, if you want to see this, but, um, yeah, I think we spent enough time on this. Uh, all right. No. Oh, speaking of spending enough time. Um, how about this? How are you ready for the match guys? Here's the match. Uh, dirty dango, uh, champagne sing, Eric young, Jake, something and Jordan grace versus, uh, Ma Bali Shira. Jody Threat, Brian Myers, Bully Ray, and Kylan King. Why is this mixed 10-person match taking place? Because whoever wins, whichever team wins, uh, gets a five-way match uh, to determine the 20th spot in the Call Your Shot gauntlet. Whoever wins that match gets the 20 spot, and whoever they beat gets the number one spot in the gauntlet. TNA has always had a problem with trying to be too clever for their own good. This is one call, of those instances. This is what they call clever. 
I would have got tired. I would have got. I would have got. I fell asleep listening to the pitch for this. I almost fell asleep reading it. I just, you know, fine, fine. You did it. Society says, "Don't worry, folks. Tennille Dashwood is going to save this division." Well, we'll give her some time. We'll give her some time. She's not. She's going to miss this one. Um. She's probably not going to be in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet Battle Royale. Unless she is, it could be a surprise. Surprise, everybody. It's all will, about Tennille. I will say I thought her and Moss had like the funniest responses to getting released. <laughs> yes. Well, well, guess I'm not going to the, going to that show in, uh, in my home country. And uh, Moss was, uh, what did he say? He said, how did I get released? I didn't answer the call. Yeah. He took he took JTG's advice. <laughs> JTG always saying, "Damn, why did I pick up my phone?" He did, he he said, "Yeah, you're right. I won't pick up my phone." Eh, we'll leave you a voicemail. So yeah, one of the teams wins. Congratulations, one of the teams. Um, yeah. Uh, which which team was it? It was uh, was it the Eric Young team? Uh, I think it was a team with Jake something. Yep, that's the Eric Young team. I know, we couldn't remember who was on, but I wrote it down so we don't have to remember. I wrote it down. Yeah, the, the, they, the one of the teams wins, so... Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. This, Josh, why, was, why was this match so long? It didn't need to be this long. They clearly didn't have anything for us, so they needed to just. Um, we didn't. Even, they could have killed time and showed all ten of the entrances, and they didn't do that. Yeah, and it looks like Bully's a heel again. After you know the whole thing they did with him and Devon doing the babyface Team 3D thing. Yeah. Well, hey. Well, it actually, looks like they might be. Going with a bully ray facing because later on they did something where uh or they kind of tease it with what Macklin says later. Right. Yeah, he didn't really do anything in this match, did he? I don't even remember. Like, Not he really. Leave, <laughs> which I would have too. Um. Uh. But anyway. So Josh Alexander's with Gia. No music underneath. They're interrupted by Shelly. He's saying he'll be on commentary for Josh's match. Uh, Which means but, you know he's going to get involved in the finish. Of course, yep. they got to stop doing that. They got to stop inviting people to be on commentary. Um, do your commentary from the truck. Go sit with go sit with the other Josh in the truck, and do your commentary from there. Uh, all right. Then right before we go to break, we see the fans are being instructed how to whip someone with a belt. What does that mean? We'll find out after the break. Um, we get a Mickey James and Trinity package, and then it is Trinity with Gia, no music underneath. Basically, she says she loves Mickey, but she's going to beat Mickey. So, nothing amazing there. Yeah, uh, yeah your usual mutual respect. Hey, you're my friend, but I got to beat you promo. Right. And you would, I guess, in this situation, you wouldn't do anything different than that. Uh, fans revenge match. What is this? This is this match where it's like a lumberjack match in a sense where they have all these marks outside with belts and then like leather belts 
and then if you go to the floor as soon as your feet touch the floor the fans can whip you till you yes, get back I, in the ring yeah but i believe the first one of these was oh boy here's me going into nerd mode uh no surrender 2006 jeff jarrett versus samoa joe i see and um do you remember how that went I want to say Joe Wong because it was no ti- non-title. Uh, yeah. Well, this is not that. This is um, a tag team match, player, and they are going to. Uh, it's going to be. ABC versus Skyler and Jay. That was the team that was just made. Um, Skyler takes his on the way to the ring promo opportunity to butter up the fans and talk about how great they are. Uh, and he encourages them to whip the bullet club as hard as they can when they get the chance. And, uh, it doesn't really happen that way. Um, but he, you forgot to mention that he said, Make sure that you do it with your good hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't forget. I just left that shit out. I was trying to help that, John Schuyler out uh, for that, once. Honestly, that may have probably been the best thing that they've done. Like, okay, that was kind of a decent payoff or just the only kind of payoff for everything you've been doing. Now, please go away. <laughs> yeah, yes, please go away. Go have a kid or something. Uh, so yeah, so predictably, uh, John falls outside the ring almost immediately and is whipped by these fans. And then when Bay lands on the floor, he like poses and takes selfies with the fans. His high fives and and two sweets. Yeah. And then when, when Skyler goes outside to complain, they whip him. Uh, Hey man, you know, he should have complained from inside the ring. Uh, but yeah, it's just a bunch of shit like this. And, um, they definitely feel like, you know, when, when they got a chance to whip Jay, it definitely looked like a hate crime for some of those people. Um, but, but, uh, you know, eventually ABC wins and the fans get in the ring and celebrate with them. So, eh, what do you think? And just, just a fan pleasing match. Okay. I don't know who it pleased, but, or what the fans are, but. Sure. Total, or I should say total house show match. Right. Yeah, well, I don't even remember, like, why did this happen? I, I don't remember exactly them talking about something that would lead to this. I think, the, I remember there's a promo of Santino last week that set it up, but I'm, I don't quite remember it, or the logic behind it. Yeah, well, that's bad. Should immediately spring to mind if they did anything substantial. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, this is the opposite of Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect from SummerSlam 91. Uh, now, if if I'm not mistaken, that's the one where um, Perfect had a broken back, so he couldn't, you know, much like Seth Rollins. And instead of going over on Bret Hart strong... Uh, he and kicking out of all of his stuff, he actually put Bret Hart over and made Bret Hart. 
is what you're supposed to do when you have a bad back. But, you know. Get out there, pal. <sighs> yeah. Well, anyway, yes. Thank, thank you for thank you, Society Reviews, for reminding us of what a good wrestling match was. Um, uh, this did not remind us. This reminded us of how bad wrestling matches can be because we got uh, a package for uh, Fat Eddie and Frankie Kazarian, um, who have done some of the worst stuff um, lately. And I don't even necessarily blame them. I mean, I do blame them a little, but they're you know for whatever reason this is getting beaten into the ground this is this is getting beaten like fans with belts at ringside this is if yeah if anything eddie and frankie are trying but it's like you ain't giving us shit to work with yep yeah it sucks uh mention kowalski a lot yeah kowalski Come on, we're Kowalski guys. We can't do this. Oh, let's settle this like Kowalski would have wanted it to. Kowalski, Kowalski, Kowalski. Fucking goddamn, man. Just let the man rest in peace. He would not be happy about this, I don't think. He might babyface them if he was talking to them directly, but in his mind he'd be like, ugh. So, anyway. Here's a match that Killer Kowalski might be proud of. It's Moose versus Bupinder Guja. Now, Moose dominates this match and wins handily. And it made me think, going back to a different point in time, this didn't really seem like the spot that Guja was headed for. Um, and I'm still not sure I'd put him in the spot now. Uh, but, you know... Nonetheless, that's what we're, that's where we're at. Um, and uh, then after the spear, um, Bert comes out, and then we go to break. So before we talk about what happens after the break, your analysis of Moose versus Gujar, and are you also sort of somewhat disappointed that Gujar is in this role? Yeah, I mean, I thought they were going to do more with this guy, and they were obviously building him up for something. I thought they were going to do a lot more. With him. I mean, I mean, he's got a decent look. He can cut a decent promo. He's got to produce him until his English gets better, but I thought this guy had a lot going for him. Yeah. And, yeah. This wasn't, this wasn't not the, uh, the Kevin Knight style. No. This was the... This should have been a local. This should this should have been um, Sheldon Jean. This should have been, you know, one of these type of characters. You know, not not somebody that you had been sort of pushing. I know it's been a while since that Gujar push was happening, but still, he didn't really fall off that that bad. So he must have fell off in the office some way. Is my guess. Right. This. Right. Plus, all the business was after the match with Moose and Macklin. Right. So, do we really need it to be him? Could not have just been a guy. Could not one of those security guys that said, "Hey, what are you doing?" Couldn't they have gotten dressed and taken a spear? Like I don't, you know. And it, it, it the 
the the sorrier the opponent, the the more it fits into Moose's character talking about <laughs> needing a tune up and like not wanting to actually face anybody good. Right, but yeah, rather than just have one in competition, he just wants a tackling dummy. Right. Um. So anyway, that's you know, like I said. So after the break, Bert is in the ring with Moose and Myers, and uh, he claims that that's his case. He's the one that went and got it down. Rhino's the one that speared him, and it flew out of his hands and into Moose's hands, so he demands that Moose gives him the case, and Moose just laughs at him and says, you know, is this a setup? Where's Bully? You know, starts looking around. They start looking around for Bully to come in. And Bert says, no, Bully's not coming. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a setup at all. Uh, you know, Bully's gone soft and you hand this case over or I'm taking it is basically what Macklin says. And then we go, um, let's see here. Lightning crashes and a whole segment dies and a briefcase falls to the floor. Um, that's actually hilarious. Uh, if you, uh, if if you care, um, PCO comes in, tries to run a, you know, he, he makes a comeback. I think he hits a double clothesline and he falls over. So the camera pans away to a, a fan cheering so that you don't see PCO fall over. But why else would they do that unless he fell over? Um, and then as Macklin's like going up the ramp, Rhino gores him and they play Rhino's music. Like, oh shit, Rhino, Josh Matthews in the truck screen. Oh, Rhino. Oh, he's okay. Plays music. I'm looking at my crystal ball. I see Macklin and Moose versus Rhino and PCO. Mm hmm. Yeah, this, uh, this is, uh, you know, anything non Moose related in this uh, sucked. Um, Society Reviews says, how is Alex Shelley in the main event of Bound for Glory and not Moose? That's like putting Barry Horowitz in the main event over Diesel. How do you know Moose doesn't end up in the main event somehow? Dun, ain't there dun, yet. Dun. Yeah, I believe something else happened at Bound for Glory last time Josh Alexander was in the main event. So, yep, and we know we Moose, could see that. And we know he's got a way to stick his nose in there. Yep. But given Impact's current trajectory, it'll probably be a thing where he cashes in and Josh just beats him anyway. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but they shouldn't. They should just have him, uh, like, I can't believe Moose did it again. Like, actually do it again. And as long as his wife's not in attendance, <laughs> you know, should be fine with that. Although Bloom's kind of already off that roast, and they actually had Moose put his hands on his wife. I mean, you're right. There's no, you know, they, they, they're not thinking far enough ahead sometimes of what you can get out of certain things. Um, there's actually a lot of things you could do, but I don't like, know. Like that should have been the incident where Alexander is basically like, I don't give a fuck. If I go to jail, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. 
Yeah, and don't worry, you won't go to jail because this is impact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I say su I suggest a fork. Uh so the rascals tag the belt and their their belt. I mean each each one of their individual belts, they're tagging it. And they actually hit it this time, unlike the entrance. Um, because they're using real paint and they're like, Why didn't we do this? What what took us so long to do this? It's like uh, it didn't take you that long. It's just that you stretch out these tapings for two months. So, uh, but anyway, Santino's like, "That's impact of property. You can't deface this." Or, and then uh, ABC comes in and starts, you know, talking about how they got a tag team title match and they wanted a bound for glory. And then Rich wanted Sammy Callahan come in, and they're like, "Hey, we beat the former champions, so we should get a title shot." And then Santino says that, uh, you know, basically he says the, that ABC can face the winner of the, you know, Rascals and Swanahan. So there you and go. And we already know how that's going to go with uh, Sammy's contract situation. Mm-hmm. Unless. Swerve. <laughs> he could lose it. I mean, he could. He could lose a bound for glory. I mean, uh, but anyway, probably not. Um, so Saban, Chris Saban cuts a promo on Kenta or generic interspersed with footage of Kenta. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how this goes. Uh, but as for the promos, kind of nothing. Then Shelly comes out for commentary on Josh Alexander versus Big Con or Con or whatever. Uh, they have a match. It takes like 15 minutes. Again, um, another giant that's dead in the water that they killed off. Yep. So dead. No one thinks he's going to win this. Um, and, you know. <laughs> Besides that, uh, he did this thing. It's it's so funny. Like, I I wonder why more people don't think about this. You think enough to like try to come up with some unique pose that you have, which is already stupid. So he's like, he's doing this pose where he like sticks his arms out, like 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 it's he's making a K. I think is what he's is what he's thinking, but it's only a K if he's looking at it from his perspective. If you're looking at him from the front, it's backwards. So you you have, should put the you, K the other way. You would you would want to do it in a way where you do it at the hard cam and it looks like a K to whoever's looking at it at home. Yeah. And he didn't do it toward the hard cam and it still was the wrong way. You know, you, you have to do these poses in relation to someone facing opposite you. You're, yeah, you're looking at a mirror. You're not looking at like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the mirror he thought it was right because it was backwards because it's a mirror. But whatever. The point is, if you think enough of yourself that you need to have a pose, you've got to put the pose in the right way. So. Yeah, that's just it. I think it's funny because L.A. Knight does the you know L.A. Knight you know and the crowd chants along. And he points his finger from right to left because to them, it looks like left to right. If they're looking at him, 
But then he gets up and does the LA Knight pose or what, however he has his hands, and that's backwards. Like it should be the other way. So yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, that's the only thing I can really talk about this match because I wasn't fucking watching this. Are you kidding me? You think I'm gonna watch Josh Alexander versus Khan? I'm not watching this. And plus, as uh, soon as Shelly says gonna be in commentary, you knew how it was gonna end. You knew it was gonna be some kind of involvement, miscommunication, somebody gets hit, and tension going in. Whoopee. Yeah. As for his commentary, it was just as riveting as you'd expect. You know? It's like mostly nothing. And then uh, you know, it's it's like the opposite of John Moxley. If you heard John Moxley's commentary on WrestleDream. But that's that's the highlight. Uh, literally having um, uh, Nigel McGinnis tell him he needs to take a breath. You know, uh, this is definitely not Shelley dominating the commentary here. Um, but anyway, the finish is uh, Deaner g- grabs a chair and tries to interfere, and then Alex Shelley runs over and grabs the chair. And then Josh goes to punch Diener and hits Shelly because Diener ducks. And then uh, so Shelly just sits out there like holding his mouth for a while while the rest of the match happens, which is him picking up Khan for the C4 and winning the match. And then right after that, the design just fucks off. So like Diener was so hyped that he was going to just interfere in the match and hit Shelly with a chair and full, you know, the referee was out, I guess at the time, but whatever he, he hated him that much. And that's how bad they want to get at him. But as soon as the match is over, he just rolls out like Khan just rolls out with him and they just walk away. Yeah. The, the champion, and the top contender are beefing with each other right now. And we're standing right here. We're going to walk away and not do anything with that. Yeah. Or the design. <laughs> this wasn't part of the plan. Uh, but anyway, they fuck off. And then Shelly argues with uh, Josh about, you know, hey, man, I've never seen pro wrestling before. Why did you punch me? And then, you know, Josh is like, well, you know, I was trying to hit Diener, right? You've seen pro wrestling before, haven't you? And Shelly's like, no, I've never watched pro wrestling in my life. I invented everything I do. And Josh is like, well, kind of the shits. And your face is weird. And then Shelly's like, oh, really? And then it hits a shell shock on Josh. So don't talk about Shelly's weird face or he'll hit you with a wrestling finish. What is the thing that uh, Dango always says? Man, I hate pro wrestling. Actually, I love pro wrestling. It's just that I haven't seen any in a while. So, that I haven't is, seen uh, any that I like. Haven't seen any that I like. No, I, I just haven't seen any. This ain't pro wrestling. This is sports entertainment without a budget or logic or stars or anything. So, that's your episode of Impact. Impact Sports Entertainment. (laughs) 
Well, Retro Rocket Review has started the AMA off with a, who has a more fabulous long jacket like from a science fiction future or drag queen show? The Miz, Cody Rhodes, or Seth Franklin Rollins? I'm going to say Cody. You like Cody's? Yeah. I don't think I'm going to take The Miz. Um, it looks more like the one from a science fiction future. Um, Liz says Seth. Seth changes every week. That's the only thing about that. I think Miz has two or three that he cycles. And they all look like they're... Like he would be a Flash Gordon villain. And... Um, and Cody has one that's very specifically branded to him, but it looks nice. I like Cody's, the style of Cody's jacket the best, but I could do with all the American Nightmare stuff not being on it. <laughs> the neck tattoo and all. Uh, so yeah. Well, I guess that ends our AMA portion of the show. Um, I don't blame you. We're all probably just Impact wrestling out. And we want to move on to other things to wash our brains of this madness and uh, get it ready for next week. Um, so, yeah. Where can the people find you washing your brain, Brandon? <laughs> As always, you can catch me at, uh, on Twitter at TransArchistTia, as well as twitch.tv slash MissTiaTheTransArchist, and Substack at HMGBrandon. All right. Well, I guess this wouldn't count as washing my brain, but uh, <laughs> you can definitely find me getting my brain dirty with uh, NXT on the Next Level Wrestling Review with Big Ray Hernandez. Uh, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, it's no better than Impact. It's just different. Uh, but this week, it's going to be a star-studded lineup, you know, where they just shoehorned randomly in. They just shoehorned in a Cody Rhodes and a John Cena, and uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch is their champion, and all this other stuff. So it, it has nothing to do with AEW being on Tuesday because they're preempted. It has nothing to do with that. I'm sure it's only because uh, they're concerned about trying to shop this program to other potential networks now that USA is going to be getting SmackDown. Um, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, you can hear us talk all about that um, on Wednesday. And then... You can, uh, you know, if you didn't see the Monday locker room today, you can check that out. Um, that'll be the uh, October 9th edition. Myself and Ben Hameen going over the stories of pro wrestling and Ben Hameen talking about the state of the world today. Uh, and uh, it's a fun show there. Um, and then you can also find me on um, The Wreckage on Sunday mornings, also 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, where we talk about aforementioned AEW, and they are just, their, their uh, cable and satellite numbers are in the toilet. 
They're circling the toilet so quickly. They're now below rampage in viewership for this. The last time they uh, put out an episode, which funny enough, I, I think I gave that episode the highest grade in, in a while. I think I gave that, that lowest rated ever episode of collision. I think I gave that a B minus. Uh, but it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter how good your show is. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. So if a tree falls in the forest or if a good wrestling show happens, does it make a sound? No. Um, so yeah, but anyway, you can hear us talk about that. Us being, uh, Chris Ams, uh, the slams with no L or bullshit first thing in the morning and Jimmy T, um, talk about that uh what else do i do some stuff my wrestling rip rogers is on every friday at noon eastern concrete time except when it's not so if you go there and you follow them subscribe to them uh get notified about them then whatever time they're on will be a concrete time that you can watch it um and so uh yeah check them out they just had for members if you sign up to be a member of the rip rogers channel um then you can get a uh a full two hour interview with carrie silken from ring of honor uh which is pretty entertaining i haven't listened to the whole thing yet but just from what the stories that he's been telling about how he got into it, how he ended up being a part owner of it or whatever, like that's all pretty fascinating. And there's still plenty of more story left for me to hear. So uh, eventually, if you don't want to be a member, eventually that will probably be made available. Just like the Gerald Briscoe interview is finally available for non-members. So being a member gets you early access. So you might want to consider it if you want to hear these amazing interviews with these great figures in the sport gerald briscoe carrie silken um they had one with one man gang um so go to wrestling with rib rogers and check those out um then uh we gotta we gotta talk about stevie richards for a second um this guy's out of control all right he's doing so much stuff uh he just put out a video called what went wrong about his match with rick flair from some monday night raw some however long ago where he talks about how he was freezing up in the match because he was starstruck and it's a very interesting breakdown and analysis of what goes on in a wrestling match and because it's stevie in there talking about stevie uh he can give you more insight into it than he can even when he just breaks down other people's wrestling matches because he knows what happened and he knows what he was thinking and he was there so that's a fascinating video that you want to check out but even besides that um he's got his you know road to recovery series on his fitness channel which is a separate channel and then he's got the um you know the big fitness show uh podcast with big mike barons which also has a youtube channel so stevie richards everywhere um and it's growing at a rapid pace matter of fact i think uh let me check here what is the count at for stevie richards wrestling analysis i am looking and it is now 
83.1 thousand subscribers. And what was that? What was that last time we looked at it? Oh, geez. At least half like, that? Yeah, I feel like the last time we talked about it here on this show, it was like half of that. And that wasn't that long ago. So, exponential weeks, growth. Yeah, exponential growth for Stevie Richards wrestling analysis. Um, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not checking that out, but you want to call yourself a wrestling fan. You've got to check it out. I'm telling you. It's, I mean, it's just go to just go to it and subscribe you're already on a youtube channel here uh now just click over to stevie wrestling's wrestling analysis and just hit that uh, hit that subscribe it's free no reason not to how dare you don't make me come in there uh but yeah so there you go um and uh that's just about it i think um i think i've covered it i think i've plugged everything i need to plug so thank you all so much for joining us vbc we are the vbc um and uh we'll be the vbc next week same bad time same bad channel for brandon i'm the vet and i don't have a sign off line <laughs>